What's up guys, it's Mike and Mark here from LRMOnline.com bringing you another episode of LRM TV Podcast. This week we're going to go over some of our highlights from the shows that we've been watching this week of Gotham, Flash, Arrow, Legends, and um, also talk a little bit about the WWE and then kind of bring up a uh, interesting topic about what Marvel and Fox should do with Wolverine now that Hugh Jackman and you know the Logan movie trailers premiered and getting closer and closer to Hugh Jackman's last appearances uh, as Logan slash Wolverine. So um, we'll discuss all those things this episode and try to you know cover as much topics as possible and not waste all your time. Um, so starting off, we're gonna you know talk about uh, Gotham this past week. Uh, this was uh, was this the fourth episode of the Jervis Tech storyline? Or third one. Uh, so let's see. Is I think this is four for four. With Tetch in there. With yeah. Tetch. yeah. Okay. So we have the fourth storyline put in place. Um, not really focused on Jervis that much, but more or less uh, Jim Gordon goes down the rabbit hole and basically um, gets drugged into on a massive trip and basically kind of exposing his fears and his mistakes in his past and trying to atone for his sins. Um, what did you think about this episode, Mark? I thought it was good. Um, it's, I wasn't sure how it would be coming off of last week's episode, with, which I thought was one of the better episodes of Gotham this season. Um, but it was good. It was it was interesting uh, because, one, I mean, you really got to see a lot more of Jim Gordon and what drives his fears, really, uh, what motivates him and why he is the way he is. So. You know, obviously, I mean, he started off the episode just burning so many bridges, right? Right. So he, he's in the hospital with uh, Valerie Vale, and she pretty much figures him out and says, listen, I know you chose me because you wanted Lee um, to live, and you knew that, and we're done, and you're trouble, just like they said. It's like, ooh, ouch, you know? And then he sees Lee in the hallway, and then he's like, no, I wanted Vale to live, you know, just... So there's another bridge that was burnt. And then obviously Mario uh, Falcone doesn't like him. And then he even later in the episode, you know, kind of burnt some bridges with um, not only Captain Barnes, but Harvey, who's always been 100 percent by his side. Yeah, I mean, and even Harvey was like, listen, either join the force or get out of our way with your rogue missions because you're dragging us down with you. And, you know, which is interesting because we really haven't seen Harvey really go against Jim. Um, so, you know, he just he pretty much, you know, kind of lost his support lines through most of the episode. Yeah, it was it's this was really an interesting episode because it really exposed the character of Jim Gordon, which, you know, a lot of Batman storylines don't really go into. Um, and. And usually any of the storylines we get of Jim Gordon has to usually either deal with his older self or the um, the storylines with his daughter, Barbara, you know, being Batgirl and, you know, the whole Oracle situation. So this to me was interesting because it kind of it, it, it made you understand a little bit or at least from my perspective of why Gordon kind of accepts batman when he comes along Mm -hmm. because he's doing the same exact things that batman does you know he's going rogue he's going against you know he's he 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 
at a point in time realizes that the law is not the is not going to be the the saving grace and that he has to take the law into his own hands he doesn't kill you know um and he's going after these bad guys that gotham pd can't take down that they're not strong enough to take down but he finds that inner will too um and so it was really interesting to see like when he you know gets drugged and he you know goes into that subconscious dream that he gets exposed into and, and all his fears come to fruition and it's kind of you know the whole batman origin story where you see you know batman fall down or bruce fall down the well and mm-hmm. become scared of bats and then he embraces his fear is that that's kind of like i think that that's that moment that we saw right there is that gordon has finally accepted his fears and has confronted him and now we're gonna see the the jim gordon that we're used to i i would say um yeah in the batman storyline and so um what do you think about Barbara though being kind of the 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 first person he sees in the subconscious you know dream well, and stuff? I thought it was awesome for a couple of reasons because first of all, I mean, I really like her character. Mm-hmm. You know, the actress who portrays her does an awesome job. Um, but I think that kind of says a lot in itself. So obviously, you know, their dialogue back and forth was funny, which it has been all season, right? Especially, like when she's in the nurse outfit, and then he changes her into the nun outfit. Yeah. But I also think it was interesting because even though he doesn't like to say so i think there's still a big part of him that has some sort of feelings for barbara oh yeah it's gotta be not you know and and the fact that like out of all people like she's the one who's leading him through all this like even though she's psychotic there's still this weird like voice of reason with her yeah, I mean, it is like it seems like Barbara's the only one that really understands Jim Gordon. That yeah. she doesn't fault him for the things that he's done. Where uh, Lee and Vale kind of use that against him. Mm-hmm. Barbara accepts it, and in in her in defense, that's kind of what she is trying to get to Jim, like across the gym. It's like, look, I've accepted your sins. You need to accept my sins. And right. Exactly. That's what I think she's trying to get across to, but it was just, it was so funny because like, I think that the, those two characters work so well on this show. And it seems like they're the ones that out of the, the three women in his lives with, you know, Lee uh, and Vale, it's like those scenes that you see with those women don't, compare to when you see you know jim and and barbara you know going back and forth at each other and stuff and that to me shows that i think down the line those are the two that are going to be together um somehow some way or maybe not together you know for a long period of time but maybe i I, i'm i'm assuming and i'm i'm if if i'm wrong i'll I'll be way off on this but that's going to be you know his daughter's mother like Barbara Keene mm-hmm. will end up being Barbara Gordon's mother, and and I think that's what's gonna, you know. Well, it, what his wife's name was Barbara too, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but you know, with this show, everything's a, you know, sure, right. flip, you know, switch bait and stuff like that. They they lead you down one path, and then they throw it as you know something right, else and sure. stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but if it would be so interesting to see that that whole relationship play out even further and stuff because to me the the lee relationship ordeal just i I mean i understand why they brought it back because it introduces uh, mario falcone and you know it's probably going to reintroduce the falcone family uh, taking gotham back and so forth um um it was interesting to see how 
they're starting to play the court of owls card now um yeah and stuff so um do you, who do you think, think it is with the ring I, I, like that was it jim's dad or is it just somebody think, who well i thought it might have been someone in the family but i really think it's his dad because let's see his dad a couple things his dad was a lawyer correct no right. i'm sorry district attorney yeah district attorney he's so. DA. Mm-hmm. so he's a former da and i feel as if you know the the court obviously has prestigious individuals in it i really feel like that might be his father and you see that his father it, it's it's this halo effect that he has of his father you know right. what i mean and so i feel that you know there's going to be a lot of changes for characters so he's going to come up if this is his dad he would have to rethink everything he ever knew about his dad you know? Yeah, and I mean, that's, a, that's would a good that, point. And would that change how he – would that change his mentality? Because we know he's kind of – you know, Jim Gordon's kind of fire and brimstone. I mean, look at the way that he took care of uh, Theo Gallivant. Yeah. You know? Would that change if it's his dad? Will that kind of bring him back to reality a little bit more? Um, and then – so I feel like there's going to be a change in his character if that very much is his dad, just like you see with Captain Barnes – really turning into the person the type of cop that he hated right this aggressiveness and so i think a lot of characters are going to be kind of changing in those ways but i don't know i i think it's his dad personally like i know and that does and that makes sense i mean you could see you know the ring the only problem is is that the the character had and just had the ring on and right jim unless that was like a gift from his dad or something like that but it seemed like when jim opened up that box it was all his dad's personal belongings so i think it's it's gonna be kind of like um my my theory on it it's gonna be similar to like the arrow storyline with oliver's dad how he was a part of the the inner circle to take down but then was taken out so the the car accident on how he was you know killed was all set up from the court of owls and that's going to be gordon's uh like fuel to to stop the court sure. of owls or like to at least po- postpone their whatever they're trying to do to gotham right um, so yeah i mean it, either way it could it, it makes a lot of sense you know um gives right. you a little if if it is his dad it gives you um an, an added storyline you know to have, you know jim's inner struggles and you know how he views his dad is going to be different but it also if it ends up being that his dad was a part of the court of owls but then changes his mind and that's what ultimately caused him to die then that could lead that fuel for jim to take down the court of owls yeah what did you think of um the court of owls talking to uh cobblepot that was weird so like the whole cobblepot storyline in the past two weeks has just taken <laughs> such a weird turn for me like i didn't yeah like i know this this story or this show is all about switch bait and it's like they lead you in one direction and then they throw you in another direction and stuff but um so you know you have Co- like cobblepot is mayor now and it seems like you know besides like there really hasn't they th- th- he won the election but then that's it like you haven't really seen him do anything else except um go to these events and stuff like that and so to me it wouldn't seem like you would have the court of owls even dealing at these events but i understand like the the concept of this um dinner was to honor the the legacies of the what the oldest families of gotham's and so forth so and that's basically what the court of owls is is that they're the oldest families in gotham and they've controlled the city 
for such a long time. But um, yeah, that was I such like a weird. Always, I feel like they're always trying to recruit some too. Yes, you know? but yes. I, I think I think that with with Penguin though, he may see this as another way to get even more powerful. I don't know how you know. Well, if he's if he'll see it as a threat or a way to like. See, I think this is going to be his demise. I think this is what really so? turns it. Because it seems like every season with Cobblepot, it's that he grows into a position and then gets shot down really quick. So, like, season one, he started out as a nobody and then worked his way up to being that bar owner or manager for, you know, and then gets taken out of that position. And then he right. works his way back up into, you know, being a mob boss and then gets taken down from that. Um, you know, so... I think this is going to be like ultimately the court of owls will be his demise as mayor. And that's going to start the, the ever, you know, the, the cycle of him becoming even going further down, becoming penguin. But the, the storyline that they, that they went with, with him and, and Enigma has just, I don't know. Like it, I did not see that coming one bit. You know, I knew that Cobblepot was, was weird when it came to falling in love with people, but I didn't think that, he would fall in love with Nigma, and it and, makes yeah. me look at like this, like the whole Batman Rogues Gallery, so differently now. So, well, I, I mean, I obviously see what they're doing, and it definitely took me back at first too. But honestly, what I think it is is the fact that you know how close he was to his mom, right? And then his mom was killed, and he was crushed. Then he met his dad, and he was super close to his dad, and then his dad died, and. Now you have someone who is giving him this the same type of, I guess, emotional stability that his mom and his dad gave him. So, you know, what – so I, I guess it's kind of filling that void in that sense. I guess, I yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think that's that's kind of how I've taken it and maybe he's – I don't know, confused or I, I don't know, but I definitely understand what you're saying. But the more I kind of thought about it was that like, you know, Nigma is, is filling that void that was left by his parents and he may not understand all of that. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's still kind of all, all I was thinking I about this past <laughs> week, though, was like watching next season is that they'll somehow some way figured in. But uh Penguin and Enigma go on a double date with Joker and Harley Quinn. And no, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> they'll, they'll work that in somehow, some way. That would That's just be funny. hilarious. So, but overall, I mean, um, you know, the it was interesting. It's another, like, kind of, the season's really gone mental, where it's really challenging you to, to really think about these, you know, the characters and how right. they're they're working together and stuff. So, I really, I, I'm really enjoying the show this year. Um, yeah. You know, it's it, it's a, a, a slow growth on me and now I'm you know I'm I'm actually excited to see it you know on Monday night so I'm I'm happy in the way it's going. Um going in the opposite direction though. The ones that I'm the the show that I'm I'm so disappointed mm-hmm. in I, and I don't know I haven't I can't put my finger on it but um is Flash like this past week's oh, episode yeah. just did not do it for me. Um the the villain storyline was just complete garbage. Um the I thought I was gonna like this new Harrison Wells act, but that didn't vibe with me at all. You know, it, it just it hasn't. I mean, the Harrison Wells thing like it was funny, and now it's like oh, 
okay, now what are you going to do with right. this sort and of thing? Right, and especially you know, with I, a Harrison Wells that can't, like, is not a super genius, you know, like, yeah. how do you, you really expect us to watch Harrison Wells for the next, what, uh, 14 weeks or 14 episodes, um, just sit there and just throw out ideas and let the, the rest of the team fix it and stuff? Um, the only saving grace of this episode was uh, Caitlin Snow's um, storyline. Right, you know, yeah. we're finally getting that, that Killer Frost um you know storyline and everything and so that to me i think she's um because every year there's been that that main character death and i think this will be you know in the fight with anarchy or something that we'll see unfortunately i think this is going to be um caitlin's last season on the show is kind of what i'm predicting out of it Mm. um but yeah i just did not find myself really entertained with this the the whole hologram dinosaur thing that they could not figure out i mean it wasn't that difficult for me to to figure out it was a hologram i I don't know about you but like when they that first time you see barry chasing after a dinosaur and then he loses him i'm sorry but it's the flash the flash doesn't lose anybody (laughs) right if he loses a dinosaur then i'm thinking okay it's a projection that's all it is um and for the, the, the source of the villain of being a kid who was being picked on and he decides to create a superhuman holographic, you know, image of a dinosaur and scare the shit out of people. It just didn't didn't make any sense at all. Um, yeah, I feel like they were trying to work like backwards and make that more about um, Julian. Oh, Julian. Yeah. yeah it, which is fine. But yeah, it just I, I don't know. It, 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 I, it was the first episode of Flash that I was honestly uninterested in. Right. Like I found myself a couple times either doing something else or like I watched the Wonder Woman trailer twice during that <laughs> time. Like I mean it would ju- I just it was it's just becoming very routine. Like okay, new new metahuman or new villain and then it's just like the flavor of the week and then okay, next. New metahuman new and then next. Yeah, like, you know, and- it's just like my argument, and I've written this over and over again on the reviews, is that you don't have to have a metahuman every single episode. You yeah. can you can just focus on the core team dealing with issues and struggling and so forth. Some of the best episodes of Arrow didn't even have to deal with, you know, with the the actual villain. You know, it was about the team growing and stuff like that. And that's what I think they need to focus on. For right. they could have saved themselves fifteen minutes of uh, of TV time of that whole dinosaur incident and focused it more on either Caitlin's storyline, uh, Julian's storyline, you know, Barry dealing with flashpoint or, you know, or the Harrison Wells storyline. I thought I was like, why throw that in there? To me, that literally was like, okay, we have to have a, a bad guy in this show. What do we have? We've used up almost every single villain. The flash has, um, right. You know? And so I think, and I don't know, maybe it's because it's, the show's been hyped up so much and it's been on, you know, the, the f- first season and a half or so was such, you know, so good. But and then like I, I listened to Kevin Smith and, you know, he's directing an episode of The Flash and he says that he's already seen the first six episodes and they're amazing. But I don't know. I disagree. I mean, Flashpoint was a real big disappointment yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of been that way ever since. And, you know, when you're when you started out so hot it's you're getting into the same territory that arrow got in where it 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 was on fire the first two seasons 
And mm-hmm. then they try to get more complicated storylines and, you know, yep. characters, you know, were fighting with each other. And so it just, I, I don't know, keep, do what works and just stick with it. But uh, this, this show, this, I mean, at least this episode for me just was my least favorite out of all the episodes yep. to watch this week. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, the, like, the whole thing with Cisco is basically, you know, he, so the flashpoint was that he was upset with Barry not going to save his brother and that lingered for two episodes and now Cisco's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah. like, and then anarchy is supposed to be this big bad villain and I guess he's taking weeks off like, you know, this weekend, right, yeah. you know, like this, it does, it doesn't make sense. You know, they, they could have used that 15 minutes instead of having, um, the the dinosaur kid hologram projection bs they could have had like 15 minutes devoted to not necessarily anarchy coming out and facing the flash but maybe showing a little bit of the plot or a little bit of mystery of what's actually you know taking place and everything uh what anarchy's trying to do um but no this was this was a big miss for me and yeah and i mean even with so you know Doctor Alchemy is supposed to be like the the you know the big bad guy, right. and the teases for him also like they're not. E- I don't know what the great. heck they're I mean, going in. Like, there have been a couple of them, but like if you compare that to Arrow, which I know we'll get into more in a little bit, but like you know Prometheus has subtly been there, but they've had a consistent villain and storyline right. to balance that out with Tobias Church, and with this you have dr alchemy but then you had um oh shoot what was that what was the other speed oh the rival and then that that was garbage that was the rival came back and then was gone again and it's just like i it's it's almost like they're forcing too much too fast yeah i guess the only thing i fear with that is that when you don't extend some of these characters like you're you're gonna run out of character yeah and that's been my argument ever since the the first season was that they throw away these characters they kill them off and instead of putting them in you know bellhaven or some you know and you know argus or somewhere you know uh you know or back in star labs remember that was the thing to do in star labs for the first year was yeah lock them away in the and let them die you know a slow painful death without you know food or anything or give them big belly burgers and stuff like that to eat but that's gone away. It's like, okay, we have a metahuman, let's kill him. All right, done. Or they find a way that like somehow some way that the metahuman kills himself or whatever. It's, right. So, yeah, it's it, I'm hoping that it writes the, it goes in the right direction soon, but right now we're, mm. we're four to five episodes into the season and it's just kind of it's taking a it's losing momentum fast. Um, right. Oh, but yeah. yeah, kind of moving in that in that other direction or like in the, what you were talking about was uh, uh tobias church uh is arrow i think arrow is picking back up where it left off not maybe season two ish but definitely season one. It, um, oh yeah it has yeah. a lot of season one feel to me where it was it was um good some episodes are great but it's not you know they're excellent yet like season two was um so i've enjoyed every episode so far same here it's yeah. not like i don't think there's really been a quote unquote like filler episode like sometimes there have been i mean i thought they've all been pretty fluid and and consistent and at least 
you know entertaining right even the the, um, the first, it, second episode where they try to reintroduce or the new team you know yeah. it was a little slow for me but i i appreciated that they're they're taking this time by having the team kind of learn its ways first before just jumping right in and being superheroes right and the what i also like i was i mean you know i was extremely worried about this new team concept and i really didn't want it but it has grown on me but it's grown on me for a couple of reasons is that the balance of the team is much better now. Right. So even so, here's the thing. Yes, this is a young team, and yes, he got them out there quickly. But there are also repercussions for that, right? Oh, yeah. So Mr. Terrific's been, you know, he had a knife in the back. <laughs> a knife thrown in his back. <laughs> yeah, he had a crazy. knife thrown in his back. You know, um, Wild Dog. You know, he is brash and impulsive, and he got captured and tortured for it. And in that, he also. Uh, gave up Oliver's, um, you know, the the fact that Oliver's the Green Arrow, you know. So because Oliver has chosen this team and he's sent them out fairly early with not a good deal of training, you know, the, you're you're seeing that there are there's consequences for that, which makes sense. It's it's realistic, right. you know. So um, where I didn't think that that was necessarily the way with the old team, you know, you had. Um, Arsenal, who obviously he had the Mirakuru, but he, you know, which kind of helped with that. But then obviously you had, um, you know, it was like Speedy, and I know she was trained by Malcolm, but then obviously Laurel Black Canary, which. Yeah, I think Laurel was, was the one that. really unrealistic yeah. to me. You know? It seemed like, like everybody else had some form of training, and then she gets thrown in, and then that just kind of. As a boxer. Because, right? like, you know, Diggle was ex military. Yeah. Thea right. was trained by Malcolm. Um, Roy was a, a fighter already. He already was, you know, grew up in the street, so he already knew how to fight. But then the Mirakuru helps him out. Um, and then like Sarah was trained by the League of Assassins and so right. forth. But to well, me, and I feel like these these team members even have like their own roles. Oh yeah, like, like Curtis I mean? is like, yeah, Curtis is the brains while, right. out on the field or anything. You don't, you know, he gets his ass kicked, you know, every episode, which is a, oh yeah, it's hilarious. Which to me the the. I, I died laughing when that that scene where he gets uh, the knife thrown in his back. The reaction, like the 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 way the guy uh, Echo uh, Kellum acted when he got a knife thrown, yeah. it was just so funny. He's like he stops and he's like twitching and everything. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's hilarious. But um, yeah, no, I definitely agree. And this episode really showed that because I really loved the, the, Tobias Church. I, I thought that um, uh, that that character was perfect to introduce um you know this new season and and kind of walk its way into this new season so i was really happy about you know not jumping in and giving some big bad guy because i know we're getting prometheus but i didn't want to see prometheus right off the bat and chad coleman you know is is you know unbelievable actor who's on the walking dead and everything but like he really fit the mold of tobias church um and so it was kind of, it was sad to see him die. Like, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't yeah. seen the episode, but, um, I, I was really bummed. That was one that I was kind of like hoping that he would just be locked up and then we would see him later on. Maybe not this season, but in next, in next season or something like that, or used later on. So, um, but you know, to me, the, 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 this, the, what made this episode, great was the introduction of human target i oh, love awesome. that that was awesome to see oh yeah 
and kind of how yeah. they like introduced that character was the you know being friends of diggle but then he was also in the flashback too so he already I knows know, oliver and already in that that was his beautiful writing beautiful concept um but the one issue i had with this episode and you know we've discussed this a little bit already um previous to the podcast was the i'm going to call him the arkham knight um because that's yeah. what exactly he looked like but it just didn't make like that character did not make sense at all um so tobias church recruits a new you know a right-hand man and in one episode comes in takes out what he thought was oliver queen and then goes and you know and gets in the fight but then gets shot and then that's it we don't see him anymore um so yeah I, i've already you know kind of discussed this with you but to tell me if i'm wrong but did it seem like that this character was meant to have a bigger storyline and then just kind of got written off somehow some way kind of similar to how suicide squad um on season two was supposed to be meant for like bigger uh like a bigger storyline and then all of a sudden the storyline kind of just got shuffled in you know with some arrow stuff yeah and i mean i i think one the role that he put but two how inter well a couple things how intricate like the suit was right and how skilled of a fighter the individual was and then even like how the, the like uh muffled voice like it it seemed more than just some random person and I, I mean, maybe they're not dead. I don't know. I mean, they sure look dead, but I, I don't know. It seemed like there should have been something more. And I thought at right. first, like I said, I was like, is this supposed to be Hitman? Because I knew Hitman was supposed to be in there. But I was like, I don't I don't think it's it. I just that's the only thing that was kind of confusing to me. Yeah, it, it really seemed like it was supposed to be. So in my eyes, I, I thought that. um that Tobias was going to basically, you know, brainwash Wild Dog. Um, and and basically, you know, convert him over to being like the yeah. Arkham Knight. That he was basically a double agent and that he was going to, you know, he was acting like, you know, to Oliver and the team that he got beat up and that he was really sorry. But then he was going to be the Arkham Knight and it seemed like they were going to go in that direction. And then, I don't know, maybe something happened in the behind the scenes or the direction of the show or they didn't want to get rid of Wild Dog or maybe something, you know, DC Film Universe said, no, you can't do that. And so they had to get rid of it Um, because it just seems so weird that you would introduce a character like that and then all of a sudden just get rid of him and not not even address it like, hey, who the hell is this guy that's wearing a, a, a pretty badass armored suit running around shooting the mayor? I mean, you know. So yeah, I, I don't, yeah, like I said, I, I personally thought it was going to be, um, detective, uh, more, um, not more, more. Yeah. Detective oh, Malone, Felicity's, Felicity's boyfriend, boyfriend or yeah. something like that. Since he joined the anti-crimes unit and there's still probably a role for him somewhere, but yeah, I just, I thought that that was going to be something more with that. But I mean, you know, for me personally, that was only the only downside to it. Like the flashbacks I think are like, are interesting. I'm, I'm once again kind of curious as to what's going to happen. And they usually end on some sort of cliffhanger. Like, you know, the Bratva is talking about how it's all about brotherhood. Right. But then clearly it's 
it's, it's not. You know, this not. And then, yeah, human target. So, you know, previously in the season, the flashbacks obviously led towards something. But to have a flashback that connected directly to an individual in the same episode, I thought was really cool that they hadn't really done before, you know. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm interested, once again, obviously, to, to see Prometheus step in uh, and do this. I thought it was really cool that, you know, he I mean, he warned Church. He was like, listen, this is your second warning. There's not going to be a third. And, right. you know, at the end, Church thinks he's, you know, he's like, yeah, we're we cool now. And throws that ninja star or whatever into his neck and says, yeah, we're cool or whatever. I was like, oh my gosh, that was so awesome. Yeah, I'm really psyched about Prometheus. And I think it's going to be a interesting uh, battle slash like plot line of how, which way they're going with this. I thought they even, because the part that usually, I don't know, I'm not that into is the, the Mayor Oliver part, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually thought that was interesting this episode too, so... Especially like I was like, oh, okay, Oliver's pretty smooth picking up the, um, Susan Williams' phone number. Come to find out that it's, was actually human, human target. target. Yeah, that was pretty cool, which is awesome. But even like you know, he's getting a little bit more of the politics side. Like when he, quote unquote, kind of blackmailed the guy who wouldn't um, vote for the uh, rezoning and whatnot. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, even that was somewhat interesting to be. And yeah, there were kind of a lot of flips and turns like obviously we knew that oliver wasn't dead but then i was like oh my gosh maybe like lance will take over because it'll give oliver a chance to you know focus on being the green arrow and then they threw another curve in and you know where he came back and he was like no you know that was for intel so i apologize for that so it just like starting to get all those kind of twists and turns within an episode again which is what i what brought me to the show in the first place yeah I mean, it's it's definitely uh, out of all the shows, uh, the one going in the right direction. Um, and the show that I'm having like fun watching, but I know you have your your kind of uh, issues with it right now. Is Legends of Tomorrow? Um, to me, I think it's the it's it's definitely taken a new role and um, in a new light where it's it's more lighthearted and it's more about just having fun and action and stuff like that. And it's less about, you know, trying to save the universe or trying to save the timeline. Um, so, uh, this past episode, we saw the team, you know, go to feudal Japan and face off with a Shogun warrior, um, which was to me hilarious because all the star Wars references that they had in there, the Yoda, the master Yoda, um, you know, uh, kind of jokes and going on to that was fun and so to me this is the show that may not be the best of the best but it's definitely you know entertaining to me um you, so you and i were talking about this beforehand kind of give your your issues what you have with the show because i think it's funny and i so agree with you I, too it, i mean it, it here's the thing is it's they're fairly petty but they're more distracting okay i mean mm-hmm. uh, legends of tomorrow i watch legends of tomorrow um, you know, I, I really like the when they've done the Justice Society and bringing in Citizen Steel. You know, I think that's that's all really good and it's interesting and I like it. Um, I like Vixen. You know, it, it, they've done well with that. And um, uh, Heat Wave's character, I think, is better. You know, so there, there's a lot of good things. But for some reason, like I said, it may seem petty, but for the money that they spend on some of the effects, which are really good, you know, I mean. Yeah. Even like Citizen Steel, like he looks like 
Colossus and you know some of the X Men movies, but well the the earlier ones, um, which obviously takes a, a good deal of money and uh, even the the like the T Rex and some of that stuff for the good money that they spend on the um, special effects, some of their costumes just look so bad, and I don't mean their costumes like you know Vixen or or Heatwave or you know um, Sarah Lance's, but like when Ray Palmer is being chased by the T-Rex, the T-Rex looked good for TV. Right. But that that beard looked like something I could have gotten out of the Dodge Party City. Or it literally looked yes. like you get this something out of Party City. Like it wasn't even close to to matching him. And then when they were I forget where they were, but they were dressed up like almost like the Musketeers, like the Three Musketeers. Oh yeah, and Renaissance like, Fr- it, uh, uh, yes. French Renaissance, yeah. Yeah, some of the costumes just looked so bad to me compared to what they spend elsewhere and then even when i i don't know once again this just kind of threw me off and you know i i get it it's a it's a comic adaption tv show but so ray palmer's suit right he's right. this huge texture like he could he, he we've seen him before where either he's out of control or gets shot down and he slams into things i mean it's a heavy suit man oh out of yeah, metal. yeah and then the samurai guys wearing it on top of a horse oh it's beautiful like, to like, me, that, that was hilarious. Like, that would crush the horse, Yeah, right? oh, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that so... <laughs> suit is literally got to be, you know, 300 pounds and stuff like that. Even the way that he walks in it. Like, oh, yeah. You can tell that it's heavy. And then all of a sudden, and I don't know, it's also ironic that he and the samurai are the same size. Like I said, you know, these are very petty things. But, you know, they're little things that it's not like it's not going to make me watch the show or anything right. like that. But it's still little things that I'm like that I don't know catch my attention and distract. So yeah, me, this show definitely shows like that they have to stretch their budget oh, as yeah. much as possible. So like when Flash does it, um, you know, like the episodes with King Shark and Gorilla Grodd, if you notice it, there's not a lot of different um scenery, like background scenes and so forth that they use kind of the same scenes over and over again so that um you know making the the sets that's one of the areas where they can save money in um and stuff but it seems like in this show that there's so many different sets and there's so much cgi that's got to be added into it so they've got to basically cut it down somewhere and where they cut it down is um is basically uh with um with costumes and stuff and you know and to me like it it exposes it but it also makes it great to me because it's like it's something i can just laugh at because uh, the the Shogun outfits and everything like that, you know, and um, and even, like you said, the the French Renaissance outfits they had were so horrible. But to me, it was like, okay, just take it as is and just you know, kind of laugh at it type deal. Um, and now this week, so this show has all been about like correct history i guess is what do you want to call yeah. it like now the the while we're taping this episode they're the it's uh, the new episode's airing right now but they're going back into the civil war with zombies and so it's like okay basically we're we're getting rid of the 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 timeline of saving the universe or that we're just gonna have fun with it we're gonna go and visit all these different points in in history and just make it its own so um you know to, I, i'm excited to see you know the the zombie apocalypse during the civil war era and stuff. So it'll <laughs> definitely be something uh, interesting to, to watch. We'll see how those costumes look. Oh yeah. <laughs> all, always with the costumes. Um, all right. So the last two stories, uh, 
WWE, what the hell's going on with it? Um, oh my gosh. It, it, it seems like ever since WrestleMania, I want to say, it's just been on a downward spiral. Um, really, ever since Finn Balor won the championship and then had to give it up the next, literally the next night. Um, oh. That was it. it. It's to me, we just got off of a, a, a hell, you know, summer, uh, um, it was it was SummerSlam, right? Uh, uh, uh yeah. Oh wait, we had SummerSlam, then we had um, we, we, uh, Night of Champions, and then uh, we just had Hell in a Cell, the triple, you know, main event Hell in a Cell matches, and those all three basically disappointed. Um, and you know, you and I were talking about this. Really, the highlight of this last pay per view of the Hell in the Cells was Charlotte and Sasha Banks, which oh, yeah. has really been like women's carrying or is really carrying WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, but that gets uh, it, not saying there's nothing wrong with women's wrestling, but it does get old no, when you it, see the same storyline over and over again. Sure. Um, the the Goldberg storyline is horrible. Um, like Brock Lesnar is not even coming out anymore to address Goldberg, and the whole concept of Goldberg or Paul Heyman coming out and talking for 15 minutes, hyping up this next pay-per-view. Um, I, I, to me, it's just, it, it's it's going nowhere. Like, you can't well, save that match now. It's I think what, it's... No, and it's what happens, too, when you don't listen to the fans. I don't think the McMahons have ever been great about listening to the fans and just right. kind of, like, doing their own thing. But, but, you know, from some of the videos and stuff that I've watched, like, people have great ideas for storylines. Like, they've mentioned stuff, and I'm like, wow, you know what? that's actually pretty good yeah i'm like you know i i wouldn't mind actually watching that you know what i mean but for yeah i i don't know it's just it's it's just not it happened you know what it happened last time when they split the team up the rosters up with the with raw and smackdown it sounded like a great idea you know to have these two you know two separate shows with their own rosters but when you don't have John Cena coming on Raw every week, and you don't have you know, um, you know like Jericho clashing with some of the other guys that he could be clashing with, it really limits your storylines. It really limits the character development. The factions yeah. don't grow. Mm-hmm. The 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 tag team partners don't grow, and so you get the staleness to me. That's what it feels like. Well, and I think one of the bigger differences too is that. When the last time the brand split, there were still very prominent superstars. Oh, yeah. And not that some of these individuals can't be superstars, but a lot of them have come from NXT, which is good. But it's almost like there was no real happy median. Like, who are your happy median people, like kind of people in the middle? You have your John, like John Cena, right? right? Um, but there was a wall of it being so bad that you either have like the old guard who's Undertaker, Triple H, Goldberg, Rock, like those guys. And then it's like this huge gap where now you have, you know, the people who they're trying to make superstars, but it's just, you know, like, I'm sorry. I don't really find, I, I mean, they're okay, but like, you know, Dean Ambrose and some of these guys, like I really don't find their characters that entertaining. Right. I'm not turning feel on like, like raw to watch these the guys. Like, right. And I, I feel like all their, I feel like the characters aren't very unique 
And maybe this is just a thing for me, but like growing up, you know, when I think about the wrestlers that I like, who you have, you know, you have Ultimate Warrior, you know, um, Macho Man, uh, I mean, Andre the Giant, right? You have all these people. Right. Then you have like The Rock, Stone Cold, and all these people. They have these like intense, like, you know, kind of these different names to them and this and that, you know, Undertaker, Triple H. And then like now you just have people with like, regular names as dumb as that and there's may no sound, yeah, but exactly like, but there's no like, character but, development no but who, who is it so let's see you have roman reigns dean ambrose seth rollins like sheamus i, I mean they're they're like just the people's names right and it's not it's not a persona it's it's an it's a name right you know what i mean um so i, I don't know i it's it's like i said it's just kind of to me where lost. it's really yeah where it's really lacking is is in the uh presentation and in, in this um the acting of these guys you know they're there's some of these you know some of these younger guys are great wrestlers but they're horrible behind the microphone you know like oh yeah i used to watch wwe in just to hear the rock give his five minute speech oh my gosh, you, you know hear stone cold talk you know that's those guys may not have been the most technical wrestlers but when they when you gave him a microphone, you listened to every single word they well, said. It was hilarious, I mean, or it was you know it was entertaining. Like Triple H is great with that. I mean you know um, Shane McMahon is great great with that. That they can really capture an audience behind the microphone. None of these guys can. Roman Reigns well, is horrible at it. And Kevin Owens know, is horrible at it. You think about it, and you know we've already talked about how there are no factions. Like right. the only time when I found it actually kind of entertaining was when. The, there was the shield it was a it was a little faction yeah. but they were kind of coming in and doing their i'm like okay like you know because they would get factions get in the way of everything like in a good way though you know right. what i mean you look at the nwo you look at um dx you look at i mean you know the four horsemen like, yeah. yeah the four horsemen you know you have all these and it's just like you know that's that's pretty cool you know and it's just you don't have that so the stories are fairly routine right. and then they'll pop up randomly out of nowhere like you have freaking um you know like the randy orton and bray wyatt or whatever whatever his name is, like came up out of nowhere like nothing really big I, I don't know it's just it's like you said there's no real development and then on top of that like i know people really like the new day but the new day have had the tag team championships for 400 something days oh my god yes like it makes the it makes the belt like not entertaining anymore like yeah okay who cares no you know what it, I mean? the enzo it, and cast need to to win the the belt because enzo is hilarious you know he's the one guy that really captures the microphone and in and, and uh really like you know gravitates to the audience and stuff like that new day i mean their gimmick is to me it's old you know yeah. let him take I, I i'd say let him take about a month to two months off give him a a break from from television so that you know people kind of forget about them and then bring them back and you know it, that always seems to work but it, you know it's it's just like you said rather than developing a character or persona they're trying to throw people into the limelight right and it just why do why did people like finn baylor so much this alter this other persona that he has right you know it, it was similar to that, like kane you know yeah demon, it's intriguing you know? but it only comes out like it is intriguing to see that it's different and like i don't know you just you know and it's just bad think about how first of all the heel turns and whatnot all the like they're 
pretty expected. Like, there's nothing that's like, oh my gosh, I can't. Like, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, saw that one coming, you know? Right. Or else, like you said, the buildup isn't great either. So, uh, Sheamus and, um, oh my gosh, what is his name? The other guy who they had like the best of seven matches or whatever. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about. Though, yeah, right? it's gonna take me a little bit. But then anyway, and then now all of a sudden they're uh, like tag team partners. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it just, there's, it doesn't seem like there's any like real kind of thinking behind any of it. And it's just kind of like, okay. I mean, here's the thing. Even when Triple H had the belt forever, I remember that. And I was like, gosh, let this guy lose the belt. But it was still interesting because, you know, you had The Rock, you had Stone Cold, who were awesome on the mic, who would come out and, you know, this and that. And then still Triple H was a part of some sort of faction, you know, and it yeah, just it, and you were it watching still made it interesting. If, yeah, and you're watching yeah. every single week to see if Triple H lost the belt. You were waiting for that week to happen mm-hmm. um, because he was entertaining behind the mic. He annoyed the hell out of me, but at least he was entertaining behind the mic. Right, yeah. You know, so, but yeah, it, it seems like since WrestleMania, the storylines, and it, it deals with the roster. A lot of A lot of guys are hurt right now. They're in a kind of a bind. And so they're trying to just patch things up, but hopefully by the time things, you know, work itself around, um, you know, by the new year and stuff like that, we'll, we'll be back on track. Cause it, it was, you know, I had gotten away from WWE for a while, but then in the past, say year and a half, two years, I've kind of have gotten back into it and, you know, really been excited to watch it again. And now it's kind of in a lull and I just don't want it to, to stay there too long. Cause then it's going to lose all that momentum. It's been building up over this year um and you know it's a lot of work that the mcmahon's have been putting in and you know triple h has been putting in with nxt and it would suck that it would all go away um so they need to you know and i i know it'd be hard and i know they've tried it before but like it wasn't handled well but even when they did the nxt takeover like that was pretty interesting yeah you know i don't i don't think it was handled in the best way but it was still interesting because once again it was a faction people coming in trying to take over and you know it I don't know. There's just some sort of interest to it. There's nothing that like brings me back when they first did the brand split. And then even when Finn Balor was kind of becoming larger, I was like, all right, I wouldn't mind checking this out. And each Monday, you know, I kind of check it out. And now I, I honestly like don't even remember that it's on. Right. You know, yeah, because it's, it's kind of gotten to that point. Yeah. It's basically night of a champions was, was a big major disappointment. So I think everybody's kind of in agreement that, it's well, going... only one belt changed hands at Night of Champions. I yeah, think. and that's that's not good. The only yeah, the only thing that's good is the women's division, which is awesome, personally. Yeah. But, oh no, I definitely um, agree with that. Rather than that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really. They okay. need to, they need to figure it out. All right. So here's a theory I'm going to throw out at you, or kind of a, a suggestion, and you know, viewer, you know, listeners, the maybe throwing your your two cents too in the comment section, but. We've got Logan, the last Wolverine movie um, coming out. Hugh Jackman, you know, is retiring as Wolverine. And the debate has been going on what to do with that character. Do you reintroduce him in the next X-Men movie or do you wait some time? Um, A theory and kind of, not necessarily a rumor, but kind of slowly but surely I've noticed is, you know, with... Fox having control of the X-Men rights um, and they're really starting to expand in the TV realm 
with the success that Marvel's had on Netflix, do you think it is better off that we the next time we see Wolverine is with his own TV show? Instead of being in the film world, we get a Wolverine maybe before he joins the X-Men and before he gets the adamantium claws and kind of like an origin of Logan. What do you think about that? You know, I think it would be cool if it was like almost like a mini series. So maybe not something that is a couple seasons long, Mm -hmm. but, but something that's, you know, kind of a, you know, like a shorter season or, you know, maybe like a 10 episode sort of thing. Uh Um, I think that would be cool to kind of bridge a little bit of time. The main thing that I don't want them to do, because Wolverine's such an awesome character, is I, I think they do need to give it a little bit of time, because Hugh Jackman has had the role for so long that I think if it picks right back up right after that, there's too many comparisons to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Right. Whereas, you know, you're always going to compare that with different characters, but, I mean, even if you look at, like, Batman, Okay, Batman. There's been there was there were time gaps between each of the major major changes, you know, um, and I think that has worked well because even though there are comparisons, there's that gap. That's honestly what has worried me kind of with Spider-Man, is because yeah, there was Tobey Maguire, then um, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield, but then it's like boom, then like okay, quick, let's reboot again. So there was a reboot. And then a second reboot for Spy, and it was—it's almost like, like not enough time has passed to almost reboot, you know? Right. So, or even if you do with, like I said, like Wolverine, maybe a season or two or something, but with the intention of kind of bridging that gap and doing its own thing before you bring the character back into the um, big screen. So I mean, then, I think, what do you I think, think about because, like a like a Netflix series then? Yeah, because like the see, Netflix series has only been like two to three seasons, you know. Only right. recently has there been discussions on like Daredevil going, you know, three seasons for. I mean, the original concept of the Marvel Netflix series where everyone got one season, and then they do a Defender season, and then that was it. Right. Um, so, and like a lot of the Netflix shows, uh, besides like a few of them that were just dominate in the ratings, only last two to three seasons. So that might be uh, an interesting topic since Marvel has a relationship already with netflix i know fox owns the rights to it but what if on their own streaming service or something like that or they make a deal just kind of like sony did with spider-man and they re you know not necessarily a reboot but just go in a different direction and doesn't have to be in the same marvel universe doesn't have to be aligned with daredevil and luke cage and iron fist but what if you did uh, a two season three season of wolverine you know on netflix that would be interesting yeah, you know, I think it would be, I think that would be good. I think because, I mean, you look how popular Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, a lot of these other shows have been, um, Iron Fist, and, uh, you know, I think they've done well, and especially taking a fairly more well-known or established character like Wolverine mm-hmm. and kind of exploring some of those. Because that that's the main thing that most people don't know is, okay, what happened, you know, like either when he was younger or after the Weapon X, like what happened before? Yeah, because like after those, times. you don't even have to follow the Wolver- like X Men Wolverine Origins uh, movie. You could go right. completely different if you wanted to, because it's its own. I actually hope you don't follow. Oh yeah, 
please don't follow that script. <laughs> you know, just, but yeah, I mean, what if you, you know, because technically, you know, by the time Logan gets to the X-Men, he's close to a hundred years old. If you want to get into like, you know, in, into the details of it, because his age is, you know, he, he ages so slow that even though it looks like he's in his, you know, 30s, 40s, you know, depending on what time, you know, period of the X-Men you're talking about, he's really about 100 years old. Um, sure. And that's all to, towards his, you know, his healing uh, powers. So you have so much storyline with that. And um, I was reading a report on how how much Wolverine is such an influence in the Marvel Universe, or at least in the X-Men Universe, is that um, the comic sales of uh x-men you know the x-men sagas recently have gone down so much because they killed wolverine off and yep. the they reintroduce him as old man logan but it hasn't been the same um right. so that's you know in the comic world it's you know all the x-men titles have taken a big hit on on that that normally you would have saw uh, wolverine be a part of another thing too which is interesting is that the movies with Hugh Jackman in it as Wolverine depending on the time uh he spends as Wolverine the the more money uh the movie makes so if mm. you notice X-Men Last Stand was focused so much even though it's not that great of a movie it, it was so focused so much on Wolverine that it made a ton right. of money X-Men Apocalypse uh did not have but only like what five minutes of Wolverine, yeah, the weapon X there. and it's considered one of, like just you know lukewarm, and it didn't really do that well in the box office uh, compared to the other ones where Wolverine has had a predominant role. So, does Fox let a character like that, that's a money maker, kind of like Sony, you know, did they, you know, they couldn't, Sony could not wait, you know, another five years to reboot Spider Man because Spider Man makes them money. So. Right. Do they wait five to ten years to bring back Wolverine, or do they do something else? And if I'm the the head of Fox right now, I'm thinking some way that I can reintroduce this character to to make more money. And to me, the thing that makes the most amount of sense is some sort of incorporating him in a TV show, um, whether it's a streaming service or on you know FX. That you know FX is a little bit more adult oriented. The shows that, you know, that are on there, uh, original content that's on there are, you know, from the mature audience. So he could really put, you know, um, a more mature version of Wolverine on there. Now, I bet you a bunch of eight-year-olds will record that show, even if you put it right. on 11 o'clock at night and watch it. But, um, you know, it, it's something that you could definitely work with. You don't have to follow the, the movie universe. You don't have to incorporate anything from that, that universe. You could just make it its own. And, you know, instead of trying to use all these other mutant characters from the X-Men universe and trying to create TV shows off that, why not just keep it simple and go with, you know, a Wolverine show? Yeah, you know, I think that'd be, I think that'd be a good idea. I think it'd be interesting. I think, you know, a lot more people would be, you know, prone to watch that. And then it also doesn't kind of screw with the movie world either. You know what I mean? It's kind right. of makes it a, its own separate entity there. Yeah. Cause I mean, you look at, so you look at walking dead TV show based off a comic book and number one show, you know, uh, on television, you had preacher just come out this past, uh, season, um, did really well on AMC. You have 
the the CW with all their comic book shows, um, Netflix with theirs, Fox has Gotham um, and Lucifer, which is you know another comic book show. I mean, you think about it, probably you know a lot of the the, the highest rated television shows based off of comic books. I mean, the number one comedy um, on television right now, Big Bang Theory, is I mean all it is is comic book references, right, you know. Yeah. So. You can make a ton of money, I think, you know, if you use a main character like Wolverine in the, in, in this is the perfect opportunity to do it. You know, this is the the right time. You see Hugh Jackman hanging up, you know, he's been unbelievable. To, to me, Hugh Jackman will always be Wolverine, just like, uh, you know, Christopher Reeves will always be considered to me um, as Superman and so forth. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't do another you know, another Wolverine. I just don't think mm-hmm. it's, you know, in the film universe, you want to do it just yet, but maybe in the television universe. So that's kind of like my theory. I think that, you know, a couple people have asked me, you know, what are my thoughts on, you know, since the new trailer came out the new and the movie's coming out soon, you know, where do they go next with Wolverine? Um, to me, I think the smart idea is to kind of do uh, some sort of television show or some sort of streaming show. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, I like your idea though. With um, instead of making it like a multi-season um, show, is that limit it? You know, cap it yeah. at two or three seasons, or because it keeps the hype, and then it doesn't necessarily mean that that character has to be the one that's used in the movies again. Right. But it still keeps it still keeps the hype going. You know. Yeah, I mean, you look at um, uh, with uh. Was it? Is it called True American Crime or True American Story with um, the O.J. Simpson trial that FX oh, yeah. did? Mm-hmm. How well that series did, and that was a one season, just one and done. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't yep. try to stretch that out or anything. And look how well that did. I mean, it won, you know, multiple uh, Golden Globes, and you know, just dominated, you know, all the uh, television awards. So I think, yeah, if you did a one season, two season show off on that, then what that does is it opens up a little bit of time gap, so that. So let's say you do two seasons of a show of Wolverine. Keep it at that. It's roughly two years. Then mm-hmm. yep. at that time, you could already be in the works of casting a new Wolverine. By the time you start production on a new movie with the Wolverine added into it, you're looking at a close to a four to five year gap from Logan to the new movie. Right, which is enough time. I mean, you know, that's what we've seen in between. Um you know, like the Dark Knight Rises and um, Ben Affleck as Bruce. That, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, I think that's enough time. Yeah. So, all right. Any other things you uh, on your mind? Uh, no. You know, I think it was um, a, a mixed week for um, shows on TV. The comic shows on TV. Um, yeah, definitely had like ups, said, ups and downs this week. I hope. Um, I don't know. I hope Arrow turns around, but I also thought I read somewhere that they're like another speedster baddie is coming soon. So uh-huh. we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, the one thing that I, you know, I, we didn't talk much about Legends, but I think the other thing that I would add is like I do think it's interesting with um, um, Reverse Flash as a villain. I think that's an awesome. Oh um, yeah, I forgot to even to mention that. Yeah, that was but such a smart I, move. Yeah, but I still I, you know, and it's not the actor, but I just I don't like Damian Dark's character. Yeah, like uh, it's it's not the actor. I just don't enjoy the character. Right. And I yeah. just, meh. 
No, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, so you know, we'll see what Legends brings after um, you know we watch it, and we can chat about that next week. Yep. All right. Well, that's uh, it from um, Mike and Mark uh, at LRM TV Podcast. Uh, make sure you check out our other uh, shows that we have to offer on LRMOnline.com. We have the Los Fanboys Podcast with Mario, Kelvin, and uh, Joseph, and they go over all the major film and news, uh, TV news, you know, from the week, and they go into lengthy discussions and all the big theories and rumors going around and stuff. So um, make sure you check them out. Also, check out um, Comic Uno's weekly roundup that's posted every Monday. She gives her thoughts on, you know, TV shows she's been watching for the past week, comic books she's been, you know, reading and kind of giving her, you know, her spin on all the news stories that have been popping up. Um, also. Uh, check out on Wednesdays the Weekend Warrior with Edward Douglas. He's been going nonstop crazy to all these film festivals uh, in the uh, past couple weeks. I think for I think he's been on the road now for five weeks straight um, to different film festivals and reviewing all these films, interviews, and you know it's just crazy. The the guy is nonstop on the go. It's it's great. Um, so he gives some great articles that he posts and interviews that are on there. So make sure you check those out. Um, and then uh, coming up soon and probably the next week or two, we're going to have another podcast join on LRMonline.com, uh, focused specifically on comic books. Um, our writer, Emmanuel Gomez and his buddies, Jace is, uh, runs a comic book shop. They are going to start coming out with a weekly podcast on, um, a comic book oriented and going over all the, the, the latest and greatest of comic book news. So be on the lookout for that. And, and, Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on either SoundCloud or iTunes. We're starting to expand even bigger and better now. We're on Apple News. We're on Google News. Um, and just trying to get everything in, uh, out there for you guys so it's you know more entertainment for you. So uh, make sure you check us out every week. Um, we try to post the, the podcast on Fridays or Saturdays, but sometimes we have to post them on Sundays just depending on how the schedule goes, how we're doing. So uh, thanks for listening, and let us know what your thoughts are on all the stories that we talked about this week.